Hello and welcome to Binge Watch, the podcast where we take a look at the hottest new TV and film releases on streaming television platforms. I'm Hannah Fernando, the editor of Woman magazine. And I'm Ian McEwen, writer on TV and Satellite Week magazine and whattowatch.com. And today we're looking at the new releases for the week starting Friday the 7th of January 2022, including Amazon Prime's family drama, The Tender Bar, and Disney's superhero movie, Eternals. And we'll also be looking at Acorn TV's quirky Kiwi drama Under the Vines and the return of a discovery of witches on Now TV. But first, Ian, what is in the news? In Apple TV's new comedy, The Big Door Prize, Chris O'Dowd will play a teacher whose life changes forever when a strange machine appears in his local grocery store. What else is in the news, Hannah? Uh, Rupert Grint from Harry Potter. I shouldn't say that. He probably doesn't like being stereotyped like that. Well, he will star in Guillermo del Toro's drama anthology Cabinet of Curiosities on Netflix, which showcases a variety of macabre stories that offer a new take on the horror genre. Ben Barnes, Essie Davis, Andrew Lincoln and Peter Weller also feature. Mm, Stellar cast, I'd say. Dare I say it, Hannah? I don't think it's one of our best weeks for new offerings, and I think that's because a lot of the good stuff gets sort of splurged over Christmas and New Year. But anyway, I think there's enough to keep people entertained. We're going to start off with a film on Amazon Prime Video. It's called The Tender Bar, and here's a clip. Your grandfather is a selfish old prick who resents taking care of his family. And yet, you all end up back here. At my house. Welcome. Your only uncle. I'm also your favorite uncle. Right? Sounds like something easy. <laughs> I have no idea how, but you are going to law school. So you can sue your father for child support. So this is available from Friday the 7th of January, as I said on Amazon Prime Video. It's directed by George Clooney. It's actually based on a memoir written by a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist J.R. Moringer. And it features, among others, well, Ben Affleck plays a key role. And of course, he and Clooney worked together on Argo. Remember that? Really good feature film. Uh, and also, they've both played Batman. It's a coming-of-age story, really, based on this writer's own childhood. Young J.R. is living in his grandfather's house. His grandfather is played by Christopher Lloyd from Back to the Future. He's great as this cranky granddad. JR's dad isn't around. He's a bit of a wastrel. He's a disc jockey. And young JR tries to listen to him on the radio. His sort of role model and father figure is his uncle Charlie, who is played by Affleck. Charlie lives in the house as well. And he runs a bar, which has a kind of slight literary theme to it. There's loads of books in it. And he encourages young JR's love of reading and his sort of ambition to become a writer. And JR hangs out in the bar, hence the name, the Tender Bar. It's a bit of an odd name, isn't it? And uh, gets to know the locals and kind of gets gets a guy's take on the world that he's lacking at home because he doesn't. his dad isn't around. It's very gentle. It's not that eventful, I have to say. Uh, it's quite quite nostalgic. It looks a bit kind of sepia-tinged. But I like it. I like these sort of coming-of-age things. It does kind of gloss over, I think, some of the 
slightly more difficult aspects of JR's story, I would say. But I think Affleck plays this perfectly as the sort of charismatic uncle. He doesn't overdo it. He's very believable and a warm character, though you suspect there's kind of some hidden depths there as well. I wouldn't say it's the best film Clooney has directed, but I think it's a decent adaptation of this memoir. Is this the kind of thing... I mean, it's probably, it's not really for, for all the family because I think it has a 15 rating, but, yeah, I enjoyed it. What did you think, Hannah? Yeah, I, I really liked it, actually. Um, I think sepia-tinged is a brilliant way of describing it, um, but it's also, it is very gentle. There's nothing to really dislike about it. I know what you mean. Perhaps there's nothing to write home about either. It's easy viewing. And um, I quite like that nostalgic piece. Some people hate that kind of jumping to and from. I hate it if it if it becomes distracting from the sort of the main um, focus of, of the film. But it, I don't think it did in this. I think it just served to help it. Um, and I just thought it was a really very warm um, and warm film really but it had it did have the jeopardy in it it had the ups and downs and the emotion the roller coaster and what have you and you didn't know what was gonna happen to the little boy and you know, was he gonna have the happy ever after and I think that um for me it's yeah like you say is it the best probably not but is it enjoyable yeah 100% okay well we've got another film that has also been released in the cinema before coming onto a streaming platform this time it's on Disney plus it's Eternals we're Eternals. We came here 7,000 years ago to protect humans from the deviants. Why didn't you guys help fight Thanos or any war or all the other terrible things throughout history? We were instructed not to interfere in any human conflicts unless deviants are involved. This is a, a, a the Avengers and X-Men welcome yes another team of superheroes and we talked well I spoke of a stellar cast earlier and um, this really has pulled it out of the bag I think you'd agree we've got Salma Hayek, Gemma Chan, Richard Madden, um, Angelina Jolie <laughs> just to name a few here so you know a really big cast now Anyone who's been listening to this podcast for any length of time will know that this is not really my genre. It's not what I love. I know Ian is a, is a big fan of of, of kind of um, the supernatural, the the sci-fi films. For for me, I'm not so much. But this is a real, real production, and, and very often they are. And I can see this becoming um, something quite exciting for real, real fans. So um, you see the story beginning in five thousand. BC, um, 10 superpowered powered heroes called the Eternals are sent by godlike celestials to Earth on their starship. Um, they're there to protect humanity from these very lizard-like monsters called deviants. The, the part that I enjoyed about this was, although it's completely uh, non-relatable in terms of it's not real, it's believable, if, if that makes sense. I'm not sure that that can really meet in the middle, but it but it's, it kind of does here. And because the production is so big and so great, it overtakes the kind of the Marvel thing that I, I, I personally struggle with a bit. Um, so for me, I, for me, I, I'd give it a big thumbs up. I mean, Ian, you are a fan of this genre. Um, did it do it for you? I must admit, I'm kind of suffering from a little bit of superhero fatigue. Uh, I just wonder how long... Marvel can keep 
churning these things out. What's quite interesting about this one is that they got Chloe Zhao, the Oscar-winning director of Nomadland, who you think was quite an unlikely choice to come and direct this. So they were obviously trying to do something a bit different. As you say, it's got a terrific cast. It's also got Marvel's first openly gay superhero. It is a little bit different. There's also a superhero who's kind of got mental health problems. One of these Eternals, the one I particularly liked, is is a Bollywood star. So I do like the backstory that it's a it's a bit looks a little bit like 2001: A Space Odyssey, and there's this kind of monolithic spaceship from all these millennia ago, and it's that old thing of getting the gang back together. So these Eternals have been on Earth for a long time, but they they they're not allowed to intervene in humanity's problems unless it involves these monsters called uh, deviants. So that's why they haven't got involved with the Avengers fighting their fights and they haven't got involved in world wars and that kind of thing. There's also Kit Harrington, of course, and the car. It is an amazing cast. I think one problem that they have is there's, there's a lot of different characters who are all new and so it, there's a lot of balls there to is, juggle. Yeah. And I don't really feel that this celebrated director is really... Because a lot of superhero movies are all about crash, bang, wallop action and um, sort of bit of banter as well. I'm not sure we're seeing the best of her. But if you're a Marvel fan, I think you'll enjoy it. But I wouldn't say this is one of the best entries in the Marvel franchise, despite the um, amazing cast. Very often these things aren't, they don't have a location. That's all kind of done afterwards. Um and this, these, these scenes were were shot on location, or a lot of them were. I mean, some of some of them weren't, but I think it was the Canary Islands and in London. So some of it was real time, and I think that helped it a bit. Yeah, it's got that more realistic looking backdrop, hasn't it? Because as you say, that's usually all added in later, and they're all acting on a soundstage. Now, next up, something very different, actually. This is on. Uh, Acorn TV. It's a kind of quirky comedy drama. It's called Under the Vines. And here's a clip. I torpedoed my marriage. And I'm a disbarred lawyer. Look, I know you have no job to go back to. It's a fresh start. It's charming the way you're keeping up this quirky tradition. New life, new experiences. Nothing wrong with that, is there? No. <laughs> So I should add that Eternals isn't on Disney Plus until Wednesday the 12th of January. So just hold your horses. It is coming soon. And again, under the vines, you will be able to see that on Acorn TV on Monday the 10th of January. Yeah, this is a bit different. It's about two people. It's a six-part series. The first two episodes are available immediately, and then they drop weekly. And it's about these two chalk and cheese people who both discover that they've inherited half of a vineyard in New Zealand. So one of them is a a London lawyer called Louis. He's played by Charles Edwards. Now, I'm a big fan of his. He's been in The Crown. He played the newspaper editor, Michael Gregson, in Downton Abbey. He's just sheer class and he's great at playing this sort of light comedy role. The other person who has inherited is a, a Sydney socialite called Daisy. 
She's played by Rebecca Gibney, who apparently was in The Flying Doctors. And she's a bit of a sort of, um, how do I put it? She reminds me slightly of the character of Samantha in Sex and the City. She's a bit of a cougar. And she's kind of always going on about, you know, her sex life. Anyway, so they have real chalk and cheese. They go to visit this vineyard and their initial reaction is, it's dreadful. Uh, We just want to flog it and get out of here, take the cash and leave. But of course, it's not as simple as that, Hannah, as you might imagine. And I don't want to give away what happens in the first episode, but, you know, clearly they, they don't sell up and leave because that would be a premature end to the series. So what I like about this is, I mean, I think the, the chemistry between the two main characters is is good. It, it's got that slightly quirky element that some Australian and New Zealand films and series have, that sort mm-hmm. of very dry, slightly quirky sense of humour, especially there are two locals who work on the... Uh, in the vineyard and they're they're very funny i must say and of course it's sunny it's beautiful landscape it's gorgeous vineyards people are quaffing wine so it's got that kind of feel good it's not you know it's not hard hitting or gritty or edgy it's just a fun comedy drama in a beautiful setting as long as you're not expecting too much from it i think it's 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 enjoyable it's nice what fish out of water tail what did you think about it hannah actually really liked it I, I I mean it's not going to go down in history but I for me it just felt really sweet and that the kind of there's kind of things that you'd watch on a Sunday evening you know that sort of yes very warm um this feels very lovely and quite homely and everyone in it is just great and it, there's nothing really to be negative about with this I don't think the backdrop's lovely it's pretty you kind of want to be there yourself. Um, and as I say, it reminds me of that Sunday night, hour-long type thing that you watch before the weekend ends, if that makes sense. And 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 for me, yeah, big thumbs up, I'd say. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's got that slight year in Provence type vibe. And there was a film, wasn't there a film where Russell Crowe inherited a sort of dilapidated country house in France? So it's kind of like an Antipodean take on that classic fish out of water, um, townies go to the country and then try to make a go of it. So, yeah, a breath of fresh air, mm. dare I say it. Now, we're going to finish I like it. with uh, the return. Well, unfortunately for you, Hannah, it is a supernatural series. It's the return of A Discovery of Witches on Now TV. Diana is pregnant. Twins, apparently. The children of a vampire and a witch the power they might possess is unprecedented how will you keep them safe the book of life i'm trying to piece it back together yes it is and it's the third and final season now i do think this is one that if you haven't watched all of them probably worth doing that before you watch the third one i think you can just about catch up but it's probably better to kind of uh see what's gone on previously um this this has matthew good in it um and i'm a big fan of matthew good so this is get, this gets a bit of a thumbs up from me um just because he's in it really um it's a he's good he is good it's a fantasy romance and and, and so the stakes have never been higher for these two um, in love supernatural lovers so you've got witch diana bishop and you've got vampire matthew de clermont who's played by Matthew Good and I think that as I say the, this couple 
this this whole thing hangs on them really um and they and they do work they gel together they work really well together so for me I can kind of overcome the whole supernatural thing and so this season as I say the final season sees the two of them returning to the present day because of course they've been hiding out in Elizabethan London prior to that as you do um but of course (laughs) Matthew and Diana because Diana is pregnant she's now pregnant with twins um and there's tragedy almost immediately because they discover that Diana's much-loved Aunt Em has been killed at the hands of evil witch leader Peter Knox. So you can see where this is going. This is this is revenge. Um, will they will they have the final say? I suppose is is the question. So I think if you if you like this franchise, there's nothing not to like about this one. Um, I think it's probably right that it's coming to an end. I think it's done what it needed to do. But as I say, this focuses very much around Diana um, and Matthew. And given that Matthew Good you know, is such a great actor, I think it and Diana uh, the Bishop as 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 a as a part as a character is they're very good together. They gel. And I think for that reason, it it, it works. What do you think? I mean, Ian, you're, you're you're more of a fan of this than I am, probably. I think it's a good thing that it's come back to the present day uh, out of that 16th century setting because you've got, you know, the the congregation, the sort of baddies. Uh, that's a Venetian setting, isn't it? And then you've got things happening in London. It's an odd one, mm. this, because it's very well made. It's got a great cast. Uh, it's also got Alex Kingston in it. It's got Trevor Reeve. He's great in it. Owen Teal plays Peter Knox. It's just not a villain's name, is it? Peter Knox. But anyway, this, considering it's about um, <laughs> a witch and a vampire, it's not really that much kind of horror and violence or even magic in it particularly in, in episode one the only bit of magic you see in episode one is sh- sh- to convince a scientist to help them find a cure for uh, this blood rage that vampires get infected with and someone's sort of on the rampage in in oxford um she she makes a running tap uh, the water coming over running tap turn into a beautiful flower it's rather lovely what's unusual about it i think is there's a lot of people standing and sitting around talking in quite hushed voices and not actually that much action so you are absolutely right if you haven't watched the previous series you will be utterly confused <laughs> because there's a lot you know you've got to suss out who all the characters are and the fact that it's had this change in uh, the setting and the time that they're living in so that there is quite a lot to catch up on even though there's a little you know previously on uh, at the beginning so i would say yeah if you want to get into it go back to the beginning it's not really one for me i have to admit but but i do think there's quality in it i think it's a well-made series but yeah i won't be kind of um campaigning it for for it to come back uh for series four now we've got to that time hannah where we're going to find out what you've been watching so please reveal your choices well i watched uh, the boy called christmas but late to the party but i'm still feeling i should be christmasy <laughs> at this stage you know still yeah i'm hanging okay. on to the tinsel um if you haven't watched it it's on netflix absolutely lovely and if you're feeling a bit oh. you know melancholy and nostalgic for christmas then Go do give it a watch. It's really, really lovely. And the other thing I've been watching, just to cheer me up with the January blues, is the Have I Got More News For You, which always makes me chuckle. I've got a film recommendation on uh, Netflix, which kind of harks back a little bit to the 
the tender bar. It's called The Hand of God. It's an Italian film by Paolo Sorrentino. It's based on his upbringing in Naples. It's quite autobiographical. Um, it's about his family life. What's happening in the background, which the title alludes to, is that uh, Maradona famously left Barcelona and came to play in, in, in Naples, which no one could believe. So that's going on in the background, but there's a lot of drama happening in his family life. And it's just one of those very stylish European movies that's not really like anything that we make. It's it's an absolute delight. So that's highly recommended. Now, we've got some good stuff coming up next week, haven't we? What are we going to be talking about? Oh, this has been a long time coming, hasn't it? <laughs> Ricky Gervais returns as grieving journalist Tony in the final season of Afterlife on Netflix. I absolutely can't wait. I feel like we've been waiting for that forever. I'm looking forward to discussing that with you. Um, and on Apple TV, this sounds interesting as well you've got denzel washington and francis mcdormand starring in uh, a new shakespeare adaptation the tragedy of macbeth so we look forward to those and more but in the meantime <laughs> <laughs>